Hello and welcome to another DOS Game Club podcast. It's episode 49, I think. 49, yes. One episode before the big anniversary. Exactly, yeah. Oh, well, the small anniversary anyway. Well, it's an anniversary. Yes. And we're going to discuss the game we played in October, uh, our spooky Halloween month. So it's a spooky game. It's Ecstatica. Ecstatica, I guess. You, I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it. Ecstatica is, I guess, how it, how it sounds. So yeah, that's the game. I'm Martijn, by the way, Tyne on the forums. Uh, and I'm not going to talk about this game alone. You heard him already here. As always, is our trusty co-host, Florian. Hey. Hey. Good to be back. Yes. For another DOS game. I think this is a pretty cool one. Uh, I, I think you don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, but uh, let's no, get we'll into see. the details yeah, later exactly, on. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Returning, first of all, it's Tyler again. Hey, glad to be back. Hey. Yeah, man. It's been a long time, right? It was like our um, XCOM episode, right? When was that? Uh, it was 200 <laughs> years ago. No, no not, not quite, <laughs> but yeah. Feels like it was just a few months ago, but I'm sure it was like a year ago or something. Time <laughs> moves so weird this year. It's many episodes. Let me, let me, let me check. It was yeah. August 2019. Oof. Yeah. Oof, yeah. Been yep. quite some time. Well, we're glad, glad to have you back. So that's, yeah, that's really Glad cool. to be here. Exactly. Uh, and also returning, but from a more recent episode, it's Nick. Hi. Hey. Glad to be here again. Yeah, man. You were here on the... Uh, what was it again? Was it the Z? Z. Z. Uh, yeah. yeah. Not a year exactly. ago. Yeah, just two, two episodes, episodes ago. ago. <laughs> nice. You know, uh, like like half a year ago, when we were still catching up on our schedule, two episodes ago might as well have been a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> what? That makes no sense. Well, no, it was never that bad. No, right? no, no. Um, yeah. So yeah, cool. Excited. It's it's. Uh, I think it's an interesting game. So let's let's just dive straight in. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. By the gods of old and their mighty powers, I grant you the honor to become Knight of Tyreek. You shall swear to devote your life to protect this land and its people. Go now, Knight of Tyreek. Be my champion. I want my teddy bear! Ecstatica. It's from 1994, this game. I'm not sure if this is a really... Well, it's not a really famous game, but it's not... Well, maybe it's a little obscure. I'm not sure, actually. How well known is this game? Well, I think um, if you're interested in games from the DOS era, you have probably at least seen screenshots. Mm. I mean, I, I didn't know anyone who had played it before, at least not that I knew of. But I knew many people who had seen screenshots because of this very special uh, visual style. Exactly. 
Because, yeah. I think it might be the case of, say, it was uh, an obscure and cult title maybe 10 years ago, maybe a little bit more. Uh, but through word of mouth and through the internet and everyone saying, oh, play this obscure title, this obscure mm. DOS title that no one's ever played and it's great and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> People learned about it and now it's, I wouldn't say it's popular or uh, you no. know, something that comes up immediately in a DOS discussion. But I don't know. Is it obscure? It's kind of like, uh, you know, with movies, some movie might have been obscure at some point. And then Donnie Darko, for example. You know, mm. it wasn't popular in its initial uh, showing, but would you say it's an obscure movie? No. Not really. No, exactly. And and I think we should get this out of the way immediately. Florian, you already mentioned this very uh, distinct <laughs> graphical style that this game has. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, what is it? Well, um, the big difference to any other game that you may be familiar with is that they don't use flat polygons to draw their 3D graphics, but instead use spheres or spheroids. Yeah. yeah. So everything is basically an ellipsoid, right? Exactly. So, yeah, it's a, it's a bunch of balloons, this game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you think they, they had the idea to put uh, naked people into the game first? <laughs> Or did they first see <laughs> the visual style and then came up with the idea? What could we use all these spheres for? Uh, well, I did actually read a, a little a little segment and a little interview with the uh, a developer. And he said that what he really was going for from the start was this organic... Like, he, what, what, what annoyed him about existing 3D graphics is that... The, Everything was so straight and pointy and, you know, robotic and mechanical. So he wanted something more organic. And, well, what he came up with was balloon animals, I guess. <laughs> All I hear is the story of a man who needed, like, more round boobies in his video games. And he dedicated his next game to, like, achieving the perfect digital boobie for 1994. Yeah, that could very well yeah. be the case. Every, the, the rest of the game just had to fall in line after that. <laughs> Probably. Funnily enough, it's not the only game that came out in that year that used spheres to make this pseudo-3D effect. Um, there's a fighting game. I forget who made it. Um, for the Mega Drive and the Super Nintendo called Balls 3D or something. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah, it's a horrible <laughs> game. Um, but it is somewhat impressive. Okay. That makes, makes sense on the Super Nintendo, I guess. They have... Um... Hardware scalable surprise. Yes. Mm. So. Yeah. And they don't have any 3D like hardware acceleration. Well, they, they have the, the weird chip, right? The extra Yeah, super FX. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Oh well, anyway. Um the, uh, although the game is sort of about the spheres, it's also really not about the spheres <laughs> at all, is it? I mean, it's just really distinctive looking. But in essence, uh it's a 3D horrors, horror survival game, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So what sort of, is it like comparable to anything? Is it Alone in the Dark mainly, I think. Right. Yeah, it's, mm. it's pretty much Alone in the Dark. Right. Exactly. Maybe Resident Evil sort of style. Yeah, that, I guess Resident Evil borrowed from both those games, right? Yeah. Exactly. I don't think Ecstatic ever reached Japan. In any shape or form, I wouldn't think. 
no. Uh, I don't know. It seems very uh, European to me, but and I'm actually somewhat surprised it reached America. Um, yeah, you you played it right, Tyler. Yeah, uh, I actually did have it back in the day. I remember I had seen it in a PC Gamer magazine, and my parents went to Sam's Club, which is like the big, like kind of like wholesale discounter place, and they had a big software section like the bargain bin, right? all the old games in it <laughs> and like i would beg and plead with my parents like oh my god look you can get like four games for 20 bucks you should get these nice. and like yeah man just brought get to got to bring it home one day and uh yeah. i played it through back then i do think that i found some kind of guide in a magazine so like i don't think i beat it by myself back in the day but i did finish it with help of a magazine and I certainly needed to reference a little bit of online uh, <laughs> helping playing through it this time. Yeah, yeah. This is not a, a very straightforward game, especially when you just start out and you don't really know what's going on. It's kind of oh, absolutely, kind of hard to get into, really. <laughs> but that's part of its charm. I feel like the whole like the bewilderment of just you know really having absolutely no idea what's happening in this crazy village, mm. like and. They have a little girl dance by at the very beginning. They're like, well, if there's children dancing in the streets, it must not be too bad. <laughs> yep. And then there's a wolf. <laughs> you know, little children running around in games usually isn't a sign that the game is going to be very calm. Uh, like, it's a sort of... It's, it's quite the trope, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a sort of so. horror trope, I guess. Uh, yeah. But it's interesting. The game reached America, although in bargain bin form, but still. <laughs> well, it might not have yeah. always been bargain bin, but it was bargain bin when I found it. Yeah. When, what year was this, more or less? Oh, geez, man. They all run together back in back in them days. It was probably, right. you know, at least a year after it came out. Like, so probably 90. Mid-90s. Yeah, 95, something. 96. Yeah. Okay. That's still pretty good. Nick, did you play it before, like when it came out? No, not when it came out, but uh, I did play it before. Hmm. Um, I had this, uh, oh, not very legit scene release, <laughs> um, <laughs> like a CD with 100 games nice. of scene releases of said games. Um, and Ecstatica was among them. And I was just, uh, I was a young teenager back in the early nulties, and I was just going through them. And um, I just, you know, I, I played this game and I was like, what is this? It was so weird. Mm. Um, no hand-holding. And it, for some reason, I could have just moved on to the next one. But for some reason, it, it kept my interest just enough uh, to play quite a bit of it. I never finished it back then. Um, but through the years, I did uh, manage to find a boxed copy it and i think i played it at some point a little bit more but it's only now that i finally you know said all right this is a good chance to to sit down and try this one cool so you didn't have a guide or anything to help you out oh i i did use a guide well now definitely. but not back then no 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 so no. i was like i was uh completely oblivious to most of the games yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, that was sort of the same for me, honestly. Uh, I also didn't have a legit copy. I also think I got it from like one of those discs with like 100 games on it. Uh, this is actually a great pick for such a 
collection, I would say. Yeah. Uh, because it doesn't really, isn't it, it's not a very large game at all. I mean, it did come out on CD-ROM, but it only occupies, I don't know, a couple of megabytes. It's not, it's not huge. Uh, Honestly, I think the only thing, the, the only thing the CD-ROM version adds is a little bit of voice acting. Yeah. And some of it, in fact, is in the floppy version. Hmm. Um, in key points, or rather, I think the the main characters is um, like lines, like "but there's nothing there," something yeah. like that. Whatever they say, <laughs> um, I think that's in the floppy version as well. Ah, yeah, yeah. But the whole game itself is all in engine. Like, there's no cutscenes or anything, and there's not yeah. really uh, CD audio music or anything like that. So yeah, all of the music is in MIDI format. So yeah, so I think this is perfect for one of those wares collections where they're just looking for tiny games, essentially. So yeah, this is uh, even uh, if it wasn't, they would just rip out all the videos. Yeah, and, oh yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. In there. <laughs> that's, that's more effort. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. this is just easy. Um, I I I think I played it. Around that time, honestly, like the time when it came out, maybe not literally 94, but 95, 96, I don't know, some year close to when this game came out. And I remember being quite young. I was maybe 12, 13 years old, and I never made any meaningful progress whatsoever. I I remember running around. I remember running into the stables and, and seeing a horse. That's it. <laughs> so... <laughs> I remember being creeped out at the mm. time, actually, uh, yeah. as a young teen. Um, I also, I don't know if, uh, perhaps this is just my experience, but with that Where's Disc, you know, I, I, I played a lot of games, but this was during uh, Windows XP and, you know, having to use stuff like VDM sound. I don't know mm. if anyone remembers that mm. before the days of DOSBox to get right. any sound out of it. And I couldn't get music out of most games. So it was just sound effects. Hmm. So that that made it even creepier somehow. Oh, in a lot of games, not just Exatica, but I, I do remember that very distinctly. Being in my room and just being creeped out by the the random sound effects. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Did you ever play it before, Florian? No, I didn't. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I have seen screenshots. I may even have seen a video here and there, but I never actually tried it. Hmm. Right. So. Yeah, it's it's one of those games that kind of stand out when you look at screenshots, right? Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, I think a lot of people maybe if they not even know Ecstatica as a name, if you Google it and like, oh, it's that game. Oh, right, yeah. So so yeah, it is that game. But you 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 played it now, and well, sort of, kind of, sort of. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to, yeah. To be honest, uh, I I played it for. First first session took me like like two minutes, and oh. I was annoyed by this by this werewolf guy, mm-hmm. and I just rage quit immediately and <laughs> didn't didn't start it again for at least a week. Oh my god! And then I played for another ten minutes or so. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's that's when I decided maybe it's better to just watch a playthrough. Mm. It's it this game is not for everyone, so <laughs> no no it is kind of brutal. Uh, and it it doesn't it, it it immediately starts attacking you. This game, it's like one step into the game, and you're immediately into an unwinnable yeah, fight. I mean, that and that wouldn't even be a problem if the controls at least worked. I mean, if it, the the game never had me feel like I was in control of my character, so 
that's really the biggest issue for me. Is it the turning and the moving at once? Thing? Yeah, that's 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 one of the big things. Yeah. So the the issue is that um, when you run forward, you cannot turn at the same time, and it has uh, like ten controls. Um, but yeah, you, you have to stop. You have to turn, and you run in the wrong direction. Slightly, you're slightly off, and you cannot correct, and then you have to stop again, correct again, start running again. Yeah. Ah, it's... You need to channel your inner Minotaur, man. Like you're lining up the charge, right? <laughs> like... <laughs> and uh, maybe this lack of control adds to the adds to, to the, the tension. Absolutely, yeah, Ooh, man, it's yeah. horrifying. Well, to the tension, but but not not in a good way. Yeah. Well, ah, oh well. <laughs> yeah, I can I can see the frustration to be honest, but. Yeah, there's also a lot to this game, I think. And, uh, well, well, we'll we'll dive into this now, right? Are there things... Oh, yeah, there's one thing I want to say, and that is this game was suggested by DOS Game Club member Garrett, who I don't think he's ever been on the show. No, I don't think so. He he did stuck around on the forums for a little while, but but sadly, this was back in 2018. So he hasn't been back since. So, uh, yeah, oh. kind of sad. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> he wasn't around when his game was played, but he wanted Ecstatica to be there. Yeah, like, he wanted the game to be to be played sooner than it. Was. Well, <laughs> it's, we only Hopefully do one he's game a month, to this. you know, so we can't really immediately play all the suggestions. But we do, we do get through them eventually. So we will have played all those games at one point. At one point, we will. Yes. yes. <laughs> our, our grand-grandchildren will have to continue the podcast. Yes. It will be their legacy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, uh, does anyone... Maybe, maybe it's good if we start with the story, because I think the story is also sort of the way the game opens, right? So, uh, does anyone have anything to explain about... Like you start the game and then what? Like the game starts and your guy's just riding his horse through the wilderness and then says, "Oh man, I'm thirsty. I'm out of water. I guess I'll go to this town." Yeah, that's the story. <laughs> <laughs> it also says, I think it was very cinematic when it said, "Northern Europe, nine twenty-eight A.D." It's like, whoa, this is this is a thousand-year-old game. <laughs> I'm thirsty. <laughs> My yeah, my favorite thing is like he also immediately throws the canteen like mm, this canteen empty, mm, just pitches it, and <laughs> launches it like I only drink out of new yeah. canteens like <laughs> yeah. So so you're this guy. Actually, you can be a girl as well, can't you? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Very progressive. The the implementation is a bit half half assed, isn't it? Um, they yeah. added voiceovers um, for the female character, but that's that's all they changed. I mean, and, and, well, they, and the they gave her a, looks a female a little... body, of course, but yeah, yeah. that. What more do you want? Um, well, she she will still be uh, addressed as my prince, lord. Um. Exactly. It does feel a little bit like I don't know if they if they thought of this from the beginning or, yeah, maybe they just had some um, voice acting budget left. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I I very much doubt it. Yes, I don't think there was any voice acting budget here. No. <laughs> It's probably just the guys. Well, so I think parts parts of the voice acting aren't so bad. Um, I mean, most of mm. it is, is like mediocre game mm. game quality. Oh, I don't mean it but, in that way. Okay, I mean it in the in the sense that they probably just did all the voice acting themselves, or yeah. you know, 
friend of a friend, whatever. Yeah. Oh, right. Which was, I think, pretty common also yeah. back in those days. I also remember, even if you picked the female character, um, when you died, there's like a little endings uh, animation, right? Where they're sitting, all the monsters are sitting in sort of their living room or something. I thought it was like, <laughs> like a bar. Or yeah. Yeah, there's something. I don't know. They're, the rec room. Yeah. And, and, but you're hanging on the wall, right? Uh, yeah. they're, they're like torturing you or whatever. Uh, but even if you pick the female character, it's still the male one on the wall. So hmm. I felt that was a little... Huh. Really? Yeah. Maybe they got the wrong guy then. So it uh, opens a completely new they view got someone the story. Else. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was a bug or something, but I, I just thought, oh, this is a bit... Yeah, I don't know. I always like to represent myself, you know, as myself, a dude when I'm in games. I never even played as the lady, other than you just mm. knowing that you could. But it's good that somebody tested it, man. Yeah, I'm always inclined to change the defaults, you know? It's like when I book a hotel and they give me towels, <laughs> I don't want towels. But if I don't give me towels, I do want the towels. So I'm just always changing everything. So the Most yeah. annoying customer on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, so the story is you're this guy or girl uh, in Northern Europe in 928 AD and you're you're entering a village because you're thirsty uh, and then the bridge gives out, right? So you, you can't go back and so you have to go into this village and you quickly discover that, well, there's things going on. Uh, it's, what, what is going on? It's like cursed. It's like haunted. There's demons. It's all wrong. Um, but this is already not part of the cutscene anymore, right? This is already the game. It just immediately drops you into the into the gameplay, yeah. I think. And the game starts by um, basically showing you who's the boss because when you do your first step, you will immediately face plant. And there's, mm. as far as I can tell, there's nothing you can do about it, right? So I don't remember, no. I think, no. So you, you, you start yeah, walking think... and, and you trip over and... And on your face. That was the first second when I thought, mm, game, what, why? <laughs> <I'm> already annoyed. <laughs> yeah, and then you enter like a shop and there's a wolf eating someone or something. And he goes after you and you're dead. So you go the other way the next game and he follows you and you're dead. You, you try going the other way, but then you get stuck on the wall. Yeah. And... yeah, and then you're dead. Yeah, so. If you don't go in the shop and you move forward, then uh, the wolf that, Hunts you down, just jumps on you, and just smacks you in the face. Yep, that's <laughs> so. It's it's that kind of game. Yeah, I, I understand <laughs> yeah. that there's a that, that this is probably not a power fantasy game, but it's still it's making my character feel a bit too too whimsy. Mm. Well, but there's a. I, I think that's really what the game is about: is overcoming that lack of power because throughout the game. You, you change things and you you become more powerful and you learn the map and you acquire items. So in the end, you are quite powerful. So I think that's really what the game is about, is that whole arc, that whole curve of improvement and, and empowerment. So well, You do feel like a boss once you get the fire-breathing bone, man. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, even like finding the armor and sword and stuff like that, it really feels like, oh, yeah. Short of the first armor that you find, which you take <laughs> yeah. about three steps and you're like, oh, my God. 
This is slow. Yeah. I, I gotta take this off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought when, when I when I did my second um, session of a couple of minutes, I thought, ah, well, this this armor will protect me from the wolf. I will now beat mm. the guy up. But yeah. that's not how it works. <laughs> so it took me like I don't know five minutes to walk around in like one step a minute, <laughs> and the the wolf comes and punches me to death. Great. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and even running doesn't really help in that armor. Mm. Uh, because there's actually, I, I think that maybe that's a good first talking point, like the whole controls thing. Um, because the whole game is played with the numpad, And right? function keys. And function keys, exactly. All 12 of them. Yeah. All 12. <laughs> and there's actually 12 <laughs> movement modes. So that's a lot. Well, I guess it's it's three modes with four speeds each, right? So you have like sneak, right. walk, and run. And you can do each of those in four different speeds. So that's your function keys from left to right. Exactly. It's, but still. It's un- unusual. <laughs> it's, you know it's, what? Yeah. I didn't realize that. What? I didn't realize that there were individual speeds to the uh, to the uh, <clears throat> modes. Oh, yeah. Me neither, man. I just had to smash all the wow. keys until my character finally started running. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> sweet. Good. <laughs> and then never turn it off. Yep. Just kept running. Oh, okay. Is there any use to the different walk modes? Um, I mean... Do you have to sneak? Do you have to to walk? Or could you just run all the time? I think you could just run. If you yeah. could aim, I mean. Uh, yeah, I think if you sneak, then then enemies are less likely to notice you. Although if you run, then you can likely outrun them. So Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I didn't find the sneaking to work most of the times. Like mm. uh, I tried using it to avoid an enemy. Like maybe I had made a saved game and uh, I, I tried to run and the wolf jumped on me. Mm. So I would reload and try the the sneaking and, you know, I'd still get jumped. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit situational. Uh, yeah. It didn't work that great for me. No, no. So, um, but what I think is kind of interesting about the numpad controls is that well, there's the annoying thing about turning and, and not being able to move forward while you're turning or not being able to turn while you're moving forward. I mean, that's clearly terrible. But yeah. um, the thing with the hands is kind of cool, though. Uh, the, 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 there's not an, a classic inventory where you keep your items. Instead, you hold everything <laughs> in your two hands. So you can only hold two items. Yeah, that's very modern. I mean, <laughs> kind of novel. Stuff like um, like yeah. Half Life Alex, you can. It's basically the same. You can hold two items. Yeah, it's not too different. It's next gen gaming. Yep, yep, yep. Yes. <laughs> also, there's there's also no no um, no HUD. So that's also very modern. Ah, oh, that's that's oh. the staple of next gen, right? May, maybe I, I misunderstood the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no there's nothing. I I mean, there's no health bar or. I don't know points or coins or time or nothing. There's no just. Yeah. But you but you have animations that are tied to it, right? You know, like when your guy gets beat up, he acts more beat up. You know, so like so you get visual cues that you're low. Mm. So mm. I think that's just part of the charm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. It's he he gets all. He holds his arm right mm-hmm. when he's hurt, and he drags his leg. And he's oh, yeah, he kind of hunches yeah. over. <laughs> Yeah. So, and and you also automatically regenerate health. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. 
It's funny that so, no one can really say, yeah, absolutely, that's how it works. But like, yeah, I beat the game. I think that's how it works. <laughs> it has that quality, doesn't it? That game, Ecstatica, it has that quality where things happen and you can't for certain, you know, point to this as it being the way it is. You can't say, yeah, that works exactly like that. <laughs> no, you have oh, a rough idea of yeah. how things work. Well, that's because there's no information on the screen. <laughs> you just, you're constantly interpreting. You're confident you saying, it's how it worked for me, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's how it worked for me. I don't, I don't know for you. Yeah, The exactly. manual doesn't reveal a whole lot as well. No. Um, I, I have it in front of me. It's basically a leaflet, yeah. kind of like a poster. It's like two pages or something? It's nothing. It's basically a poster that you um, that you unfold. And on one side, it has a poem. Um, <laughs> and on the other, has like a... Okay, it says here a prelude. Uh, so basically, it gives you a little story about what's going on in the game, how to install the game, some of the controls, not all of them, and credits. <laughs> That's all of it. <laughs> What do you mean some of the controls? Well, it does have the the function keys thing, but it doesn't really tell you that, uh, like, that's why I didn't know that F5 to F8, which is uh, walk, actually makes a difference in the, the speed of that. Oh, uh, it just says F5, F8, walk, but it doesn't explain that yeah. it goes up in speed from F5 to F8. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's also always the DOS game experience. It's just you launch it, you press every button, and you just see what yeah. happens. That's <laughs> that's the way you play these games. Yep. What's also, I guess, sort of modern is that the whole world is persistent, right? There's no respawning of enemies, and there's when you drop an item, it's it's in that place, even when you like die and you want to fetch it again. So yeah, that's kind that of, is true. So everything is just, yeah, it feels real, you know. I I tried to remember, I'm trying to remember if uh, Alone in the Dark did that as well, but that had an inventory, hmm. so usually you didn't have the need to drop things. No, um, I don't know if anyone's played it, but there's also Origins uh, BioForge, um, or was it BioForce? I think it's. I think it was Bioforge. Bioforge. You're talking about the weird robot guy, the surgery and yeah. stuff. Yeah, oh, it's Bioforge. Yeah, that came out like a year later, and I do think it had the the two item limitation thing going on as well. I, I can't remember if it had an inventory. Hmm. I think we were talking about how the game was uh, persistent and everything was in its place, and nothing was respawning or moving or magically appearing somewhere else so that's that's kind of modern the whole thing is in a way sort of modern um in a way it's also very old-fashioned and very old school so the next point on our little notes here is actually an interesting thing to talk about we 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 touched on it very quickly at the start when we were discussing the ellipsoids and the spheres and stuff um this game can be sort of graphic at times a sort of i don't know kind of disturbing it's like torture stuff in it and naked people and demons and I don't know. It's kind of messed up sometimes. Yeah, in a somewhat lighthearted yeah. British way, uh, making dark humor and that sort of like has a lot of violence, like you said. But 
you know, they kill you, for example. And there's a game over screen where all of the enemies are in a rec room. And they're just saying, wow, that was easy. <laughs> this guy sucked. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's got this weird uh, sense yeah. of humor. I mean, two of those three things, like um, demonic stuff, torturing, you're really used to that from games, I guess. But naked people, at least in a mm. DOS game, I couldn't think of any other one. Yeah, not so common, eh? No, that's not so common at all. And especially, I mean, it's it's really naked. It's not not like like hmm, yeah, it's like like um, indicated that they might be naked. It's it's really you see tiny spherical penises in the game. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very weird. Yeah, maybe maybe Ultima Seven a little bit at the beginning of the game where they have like a dismembered. Mm, uh, yeah, we enter that murder scene. Yeah, yeah. It's Maybe. a little bit like that, yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of graphic for the time, maybe. And some of the some of the of the naked people, especially, they they look a bit uncanny. So it's it yeah. really adds to the to the, the atmosphere of the game, I would say. Yeah, and I don't think it it. I mean, it is kind of lighthearted still, and there's still a sort of cartoony vibe to the whole game. But you can't really tell that from screenshots. I think so. If you just look at some screenshots, you might think, "Whoa." This yeah. game is something. It's hard to describe when the monsters are all just sitting around the bar bullshitting after they kill you, man. Like, <laughs> like these were all horrific monsters that, for all you knew, you know, were just monsters sent from hell to kill you. Yeah. But little do you know that, like, you get this little bit of lore that after you're dead, they actually just hang out at the bar fucking <laughs> bullshitting over drinks. Like, look at this guy, man. Like, he didn't make it far. <laughs> in, their, in their eyes, they're the good guys. So when Absolutely. you're an adventurer, you might meet other adventurers at the bar, right? Defended the village. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess that's what's going on. Yeah. Um, the next thing on the list is combat, which... Well, we 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 talked <laughs> we talked a, bit, a little bit about the controls, and this ties into that sort of. Although I think what's interesting about this game is that actually, in a lot of situations, combat is really not the thing to go for immediately, right? Because you can just run away for a lot of fights. Well, but once once you are in combat, uh, it can be hard to get out again. Mm. I mean, when you're fighting this this werewolf guy. Uh, and you, you try to run away, then then he might punch you again, and then all your motion stops. You start, you have to start over. You start running, and you get you get punched. You stop again. It's yeah. Well, when once you get too close to that guy, you basically, or I, I say, you just reload. Yeah, it is nice that you can just save and load at will, uh, so you can try these sort of things. That's that's kind of nice. But yeah, I think the really the way to play this game is to avoid combat when you can. And just run away and until you get some good items at least and get get some good stuff to fight more effectively, I think. Or until you get into the, the rhythm of the game hmm. and understand how the combat works exactly to the point where you can basically Exploit? Exploit, yes, exploit it. Right. Yeah, I think there is a way to to basically always win or or not get hurt too much, like the sequence of yep moves you have to sort of learn uh there's not a lot of moves yeah. there's basically only the fast and the long move right there's the, there's like the fast attack and the the long reaching one i think so too and duck yeah and, and blocking of course and duck, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so that's that's really it but basically all you gotta do 
is just hit him once, duck, wait for your chance, hit him again. Right. It has that sort of rhythm. Yeah. At least for most enemies that I can think of. By the way, speaking of enemies, can you actually defeat um, the werewolf guy without the firebone? Uh, no. No. Okay. So. But actually, no, I think you can. Wait. I think, I think it's possible, but I mean, I've certainly never done it, but I think I read somewhere that it is possible. But same thing, it like takes 45 minutes with perfect play. Like, <laughs> and and <laughs> yeah. him with the dagger. And again, there's no health bar or any indication of how you're doing. So you just have to guess if you're doing well or not. I don't think I've ever killed him, mm. to be honest. You don't have to anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh... I seem to remember either a YouTube video of someone doing it, or maybe someone yeah. described it to me. But basically, uh, if you even at the start of the game, if you just punch him enough, like, but it, it takes like a solid ten minutes of doing so, he does mm. die. You actually do kill him. Um, but the idea is mostly that this is sort of a um, a monster that hunts you down for the entirety right. of the game. I think the idea is that. He's there to make you feel yeah. uneasy and never yeah. feel secure. Well, for good reasons. <laughs> yeah. And also, sometimes when he jumps on you, he doesn't even really kill you, does he? Oh, that's the weirdest part. And they put you in like like a dungeon and then you're tied to the wall. Yeah, basically semi-scripted scenes. And you can just escape. Uh, to throw you off, like like you said. Yeah. Same with those small gnomes yeah. or whatever they are. They can capture you and put you in their hole like their lair but it's like a tiny hole <laughs> yeah and then but, but <laughs> weird thing is you're, you're chained to the wall but you can just i mean you just pull on your arms a couple of times and you're out of the chains and yeah yeah you can wiggle out basically must, yeah quali- quality chains <laughs> i got a little bit of uh gulliver's travels uh vibe from that like from the from the tiny trolls you mean yeah yeah tying you up and yeah just, oh. i don't know yeah, 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 totally, totally. Because they're weirdly small also. They're like, yeah, you can stamp on they're them. They're tiny. They're like... <laughs> <laughs> but they're also the first thing you see, mm. right? You see them even before the girl. Yeah, yeah I think so. Um, In the first screen. Yeah, yeah. So, and there, there are lots of them throughout the game, right? There's just... And they're not really that much of a threat unless you are tiny yourself. Yeah. Mm. Which is, yeah, there's several points in the game i think the whole game is like um it's a sequence of like things to overcome right it's like a sequence of puzzles like first you have to do this and you have to you know get the potion and then you can talk to this and you can enter that Mm -hmm. and it's like a whole fixed sequence of things but during this whole journey you can be turned into a frog (laughs) right yeah Mm -hmm. and that's in the no good way the squirrel in the good way yeah, exactly, exactly. I think the frog part is really not really necessary, but it's also kind of un- unavoidable if you're just playing it naively. Oh, yeah. If you're just going forward, you will be a yep. frog pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but you don't have to. It's, it, it doesn't really solve anything being a frog. It's just annoying. No, you can recover and, from it one time, but if you get turned frog again, it's over. You just That's what I wanted to ask. The game. Huh? Can you actually recover from being turned into a frog? Yeah, it's kind of funny. There's this there's this witch, right? Yeah. Isn't it the witch that um, started the whole disaster? No, that's a different witch. Oh, it's a different one. Yeah, 
There's multiple witches in this town. This is town. a good one, man. She wants to give you a smooch, turn you back to a human. Yeah, and, and she starts kissing you, right? Even if you're not a frog. If you just yeah. walk in, she'll she'll kiss you. <laughs> she, yeah. She's wearing this this weird belly t-shirt. Yeah, so. she's all over you. Uh, and, and yeah, if you turn into a frog, she'll kiss you and, and then you're a human again. So that's nice. But it's cool that it works only once. Or uh, maybe cool is not the word. <laughs> but it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In hindsight, good that I didn't play this game for much longer because I, I killed the Switch because she was really getting on my nerves. <laughs> And I don't know if I had turned into the frog later. Yeah. What would I have that, done? Well, I, would, I, would, I, would, I would never have known no. that I, uh, I'm in a, in a dead end. So Yeah, because things are persistent <laughs> and nothing respawns. So yeah, that's you can I think you can kill almost everyone in this game, like even the townspeople and even the like the non-enemies. I always uh, killed the preacher up on the yeah. bell tower. Yeah. He got no mercy from me. Uh <laughs> Can you kill the girl? The little girl? I wonder. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, me neither. I don't think so, but maybe. Yeah. Me neither, yeah. Do you ever get close enough? I mean, she's always running away uh, or yeah. running somewhere at least. Yeah, can you ever actually reach her? I think when you're in the church, right? With her. I'm not sure either if you can kill her or not. No. But you can kill a lot of characters in this game. And it, the game doesn't really tell you who to kill or who not to kill and what the yep. consequences are. Very little guidance. Yeah. If any. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just find a book with three symbols in it. You're like, is this a, is this a quest? <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. Um... And that's that's really what I mentioned earlier. Like that, that's the sequence of puzzles, right? You, half the game, you're just guessing what you're supposed to do, and you're just dragging items around and hoping that maybe this will work. Maybe this is what I'll need. And I'm pretty sure there's a key that you find somewhere early in the game that I never figured out what it opened. I eventually beat oh. the whole game, never used this key, <laughs> or it was at least an oval that I assumed was a key. It was a you know a gray oval with you know a darker gray oval attached to the front looked. Like mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you know, you're right. That's my best yeah. guess. Actually, I, I do remember this key as well, and I couldn't figure out. And because it is persistent, I would keep it somewhere that I knew I could find it, and I would just go around the town trying <laughs> well, doors. Yeah, well, yeah, you <laughs> yeah, keep yeah. it in the barn, right? You keep it in the barn yes, with the exactly. little hay bed, like mm-hmm. secret spot. <laughs> no one will know. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a red herring. I don't know. I think there's a lot of optional things actually to do because the the little girl you mentioned um you can give her the teddy bear right yeah yeah i'm not even sure i'm not sure if that's really required either hmm i think so because then i think she like prances into the church or something and like shows you the passageway or something but then again you might be able to just become the squirrel and run in the passageway yeah, anyway i think so exactly i think i think the game is open like that you like you can really just go anywhere and you don't really need to do a whole lot and yeah you basically just decide for yourself what you're going for and what you because yeah there's there's a I've, I've written down a little list here of some notable characters because well there's a bunch of townspeople um i thought that drunkard was pretty funny he's he's in the tavern mm-hmm. at first yeah where he drops his mace uh and then you can actually bring him over to to the shop 
where he just goes straight into the wine cellar and he, the rest of the game he just spends yeah. drinking wine there. <laughs> so. <laughs> Have you been there when the werewolf is chasing you, trying to kill you? And you just no. like, you hide in the basket and the werewolf is looking for you and he just like looks right at that guy, but it's just like, you know, whatever, I don't give a. I don't give a shit about this guy. <laughs> I'm only looking for that other guy oh, who's hiding great. in the basket in here. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and the witch. I mean, we we talked a little bit about the witch. I wrote that, that down as well. The fat lady who turns you into a human again uh, by kissing you. Uh, and the, the, there's also the magic guy in the castle, right? Who turns you into the frog to begin with because... Well, he's really weird because he's he's really evil at first or unfriendly. Well, you need to or... you need to be a knight or something, right? Yeah, that's the yeah. yeah yeah need to get knighted. He doesn't have respect for you because you're not a knight, and then once you are a knight, he's super nice <laughs> and he helps you out and he's like. <laughs> the real question is though, um, how does he know you're a knight at that point? Because your appearance hasn't changed, so it must be some yeah. part of your aura, man. He's a wizard; he reads that aura. Yeah. All right. right. He can just recognize right. other knights and you're not it. So <laughs> I don't know. But it's weird how he's at first you think he's like an enemy, but then he becomes your friend and he helps you out. And he's like, oh, yeah, you want to kill the witch? Uh, here you go. So it's like, OK, yeah, it's an interesting character. There's lots of interesting monsters as well. We talked about the werewolf a lot and the tiny trolls. Um, my favorite my personal favorite monster in the whole game is Table Man. <laughs> remember, you remember, yes. you, you remember Table Man? Oh, yeah. oh man. <laughs> like, you're in, like, you're oh, in this, this room, right? And there's a table and there's a dagger. And you're like, yes, a dagger. This is what I need. And then you grab the dagger and whoa, the table is Table Man. <laughs> and he fights you. Like, what? <laughs> and he's, he kicks with the legs. Like, what? what Ever the beat a table to death so, with your bare hands? <laughs> <laughs> Even played ecstatic. <laughs> so yeah, that was. I thought that was a pretty good enemy. Uh, yeah, and uh, which one's your favorite? So, tell me about your enemy encounters. Well, I mean, the one that always horrified me was honestly the uh, the minotaurs. Like you know, I kind of mm. I'd gotten used to moving around town. I was gotten pretty good at running away from werewolf man. And then I kind of discovered the outer areas, and I was like, well, what's that guy? And it's a huge minotaur. And, mm-hmm. yeah, he just beats it down, man. I couldn't beat him before the bone, the flamethrower bone. <laughs> oh, there's actually two minotaurs, right? Yep. Yes, there are. And they're very different, although they sort of look the same. Uh, but the I brown could never one, tell them apart. Well, the brown one's really lazy. But the red one is is like insane. He's like on speed or something. I don't know. Basically, just... one of them guards, or well, rather, he doesn't guard. He's just like uh, sitting by a staircase in uh, inside a house, I believe. Or am I mistaking him for someone else? Um, and the no, other one so. is right outside uh, the town, and just basically yeah. chilling there, waiting for you. As once you sh- once you show yeah. up. Um, just basically attacks you, I think. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. But they're pretty scary. Yeah, they play no games. No. Although, then again, most uh, bad guys really don't hold back in this game. They really 
give it all. Like once they see you, the um, what are the the like the flying dra- dragons? What are those? <laughs> Little fire breathing pterodactyl guys or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They they just go at you. They're like breathing fire at you, and yeah. Although they don't really go high up enough, so you can still reach them weirdly. If they only go up, I don't know, a meter more, then they would be out of reach, but they don't. So, yeah, it's kind of nice of them. Did we talk about, like, the little animations that you would get cut into when fighting the little troll guys? Like, you'd just be walking through an empty scene, and then you'd trip over, like, an invisible cord, and they come (laughs) swinging in and knock you down and pull you down through a tiny hole, and the next time you have control of your characters, you're down in the troll hole, and you start (laughs) swinging around, just beating up, like, four or five of these little midgets at a time, and then you can finally just crawl out, like... That added a lot of the fun charm for me, like stuff you couldn't avoid, the scripted, you know, BS, mm-hmm. but it was pretty, you know, kind of goofy and fun and yeah, they didn't really like screw you over you. too much. Yeah. Yeah. They set like traps for you, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's funny because it's on the one hand, it's annoying and it's actually sometimes pretty scary. Uh, like when I played it as a kid, this game was legit scary. But oh, yeah. But now it's also kind of funny and cartoony. So it's it's weird. It's a weird mix. You don't really see that often. Because other games like Alone in the Dark are not that funny to me. But this game is, yeah, it's almost a cartoon. Well, but you also said um, all the bad guys, they are really mean and they, they really yeah. try to, to totally, kill you. It's, totally. um, actually, it's, it's, it's something that, that I've always wondered about many other games or movies even that that the villains and the bad guys seem really dumb or not really trying to get the hero mm. but in this game yeah, yeah, yeah except for the for the demon lord he's like the the, <laughs> the worst liar <laughs> it is it is kind of interesting to talk about him because um well he takes on various forms right uh you're talking about like the end boss right like the the um, yeah the main antagonist. Uh, he, I think he calls himself Lord Demon, Devil, Creature of the Abyss, and Evil Wanderer of the Hells of the World. So that's that's quite a title. That's one yeah. title. Yeah. I'll take your word for it. I remember sure. being something like that. Yeah. Sure. But he, he takes on various forms, right? He, I, I think he's a floating sphere at first, but then later he invites you for, what is it, for drinks? And he's a werewolf? Yeah, I think wine. Yeah, yeah. and you're <laughs> sitting across him and he, he boasts about how, I don't know, how great he is, I guess. And then he, he offers you all the pleasure in the world. Yeah, you can join the harem, man. Yep. <laughs> yeah, promise you, promises you all the things. Uh, if only you gave him this worthless little thing that you have in your hands, like <laughs> the yeah. fire bone and... Uh, it's like, hmm, yeah. a bit suspicious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> give me the emerald and join yeah. the harem, man. It's fine, it's fine. <laughs> don't don't read too much into this. Your character doesn't seem to, to mind all that much, though, once he joins the, the harem, or she joins the harem. Oh, no, he's down, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and is that done, then the end of the game? I don't know what happens when you, when you join him. It's basically... Yeah, the, the game ends. It's a, a bad ending. Yeah, the game ends. Reload if you want to do something different. Make of it what you will. Is it a bad ending? Is it a better ending than the one you get 
I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's amazing. That's kind of cool. Um, but of course, I, I I think you're meant to decline, right? I mean, that seems. And then he turns into this huge dragon, and you have to fight fight him in dragon form. Yeah, then he turns into the weakest enemy in the game and you kill him in a few shots. Yes, that's exactly how it goes down. I mean, it's because your your fire bone is really powerful. Yeah, I mean, sure, it would take a thousand fire bones to kill the werewolf man, yet the boss goes down mm. in like five. Yeah, well, I, I think by that point you've kind of seen the game and... Yeah, the developers were <laughs> the like, they're just, ready for it to be over. Yeah. Like, yeah just, let's let's, let's not this. overstay our welcome. <laughs> exactly. Well, a bit like Half-Life. The bosses there also terrible. Mm. And weak. Yeah. Yeah, it's maybe. it's I, I only watched the playthrough of the end because I, I didn't get... I, I didn't manage to get that far. I'm, I really struggle with these kinds of games always. It's just... Even with a guide, I'm still stuck. And I don't know. Uh, but I was surprised how quickly it was over in the end. Like, you beat the dragon and you save this princess. Is this princess or witch? I don't know. It's sort of like a magic princess well in my mind that is a princess and her name is ecstatica that's that's all that my mind will compute that to you know it's up for interpretation though but yep yes after you have after you have sworn to protect the village yeah yeah you're out of there (laughs) never to return i shall protect this village (laughs) bye bye (laughs) (laughs) well I think, if I'm wrong, someone correct me, but the game doesn't exactly explain it in great length. But um, I think uh, Ecstatica, the princess, is basically um, the witch that pulled this whole curse on the village, right? Yeah. Yes, that's that's how I understood that's, it. There's this, yeah, that's um, how I understood this big it. section from the book that mm-hmm. you can find, which is basically her diary, I assume. Yep. Where it's explained that that the demon lord or lord demon is uh, like enchanting her or or possessing her, and you find her there. So yeah. yeah. So sense. if that's the case, the main character is basically saving saving the village by taking her out of the village and far away. Ah, maybe. Right. Yeah. Sounds a bit far fetched, yes. but yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> sort of makes sense. Yeah. But I was just amazed how quickly it was over. Like you, 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 you beat the dragon, and thirty seconds later, bye. Credits were rolling. <laughs> like, okay, bye. I'm out of here. So go. Okay. Uh, although, then again, I guess if you really know what you're doing, um, the game doesn't take that long to get to that yeah. point. So, it's one of the playthroughs I watched was like an hour. Yeah. Yeah. And was the entire game from start to finish. So. Amazingly short, really. I wonder uh, if well, that's that's often the case, yeah. right? Many mm-hmm. games are really that fast when you, once you know how to beat them. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But still, there's there's so much content in the game. That's that's one of the things that I really like about it is that there's so much content, so many um, NPCs, so many enemies. The small village. It's I mean, it's a relatively small map, mm-hmm. but there are so many people and things in there. Yeah, it feels feels alive. Yeah, it's, it's one of the of the one of the plus points of the game. Yeah. It does the real good thing about feeling desolate. And then all of a sudden you find another like person alive in there. And you're like, oh, oh shit. Yeah. There's a 
Like, there's a monastery here filled with monks. Oh, oh my God, yeah. people are alive. And they're like, oh, yeah, I have yeah, to yeah. steal your bone and kill you all. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> I didn't want to. I, I thought that, that was it was a funny scene how to get into the monastery, by the way. I thought you have to like pretend to be a Christian yeah. and you have to say you know, the. Um, you pull out the holy book, man, be like, yeah, all right, yeah. I see right here in passage uh, four, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And, and then he's, oh, a fellow worshiper. Come on, come on in, come in. It's like, That's great. And it's like like the recitation is so bad. <laughs> Obviously, she's never, or he has never done it before. So. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Talking about the length of the game, um, I just checked. I was curious. Uh, there's a playthrough of Alone in the Dark, which this game is directly inspired from. Um, and it's exactly 58 minutes uh, so yeah i guess yeah if you know what to do in a game yeah it can it can be very short yeah it's probably true for a lot of these narrative driven games as well like you know adventure, adventure games, games and stuff yeah. if you so know the short. puzzles you can just blast through them yep. it's just, yeah yeah it's sort of the same thing um i want to say i want to give one shout out to the spider enemy <laughs> Who has only four <laughs> legs? Really? <laughs> Good job, spider. <laughs> I did not notice that. Yeah, it's just, it's not as, it, it looks very much like a spider, but it's just a, a creature with four legs. So it's, it's half not a spider. A spider. At all. It's half a spider, exactly. So, so good job for still looking like a spider. That's cool. I did not notice that. <laughs> I gotta say. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, uh, its legs are in two parts you know with the, there's like a knee in the middle so it's an upper and a lower leg so maybe that's why it looks like eight legs i don't know but yeah i just thought it was kind of funny shall we talk a little bit about who made this game and like how it was developed this is this will be a a, a bit shorter than than regularly because there's actually not a whole lot of information to be found on this I was sort of struggling because I usually just look on Wikipedia and Moby Games and then typically there are a few links from there with to dive into some, you know, interviews or stuff. And but I I couldn't find a whole lot on this one. Really the, on, the only thing I did find was uh in in Next Generation magazine, uh issue 24 of 1996, there was a whole piece, like a three-page story on the development of Ecstatica 2. And uh, the journalist, they they visited the studio. So they went over to the guys who were making it and, and they were telling the like how they made this game and how they made the previous game and what they were doing. So yeah, that was sort of in depth, but that was really the only thing I could find. Um, and uh, I guess they're pretty small. They're, the whole game was developed by a studio called Andrew Spencer Studio, which as you could probably guess, was founded by Andrew Spencer, uh, who is this British guy. Uh, studio was based in London. I don't know if Andrew himself is also from London, but that's where he based his, his studio anyway. Um, and he basically worked alone for a lot of years. He, he started out with this vision of, of wanting to make an alone-in-the-dark-like game, but using uh, ellipsoids instead of polygons to make it more organic. So that was the whole premise uh, and he worked he worked on this engine all by himself and when he actually uh got nearer to actually making a game he hired only one other person 
That's uh, Alan Mandrin or Elaine Mandrin. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Um, he was a film animator, so I guess he helped him with making it more cinematic or something, or maybe the character design. And well, Elaine Mandrin is is credited for a lot of things actually, also for the story and and I think they just really work together, you know. Uh, so I think it's just those two making the bulk of this game. Um, and then eventually when they had something presentable, they got a deal with Psychnosis, the publisher. Uh, we've talked a little bit about uh, Psychnosis in our Wipeout episode because that's one of the games that they developed and, and published. Uh, they're, they're also famous for publishing Lemming, Lemmings, uh, but lots of games. They were really quite a big uh, publisher in the 90s, 80s as well. They were doing Atari ST and Amiga games. Shadow of the Beast, I think, was uh, published by Psychnosis. And then later they went on to do more PlayStation stuff, you know, like, uh, I don't know. They basically became a second party for Sony, I think. Yeah, I think they became more and more part of Sony as time went on. Uh, for a while they were doing Windows and PlayStation releases, mm-hmm. but eventually they became like a Sony studio and were renamed to Sony Studio Liverpool in the end before they were dissolved in, in 2012. Yeah. So I think what happened was... Um, they they made some tools for the PlayStation, and Sony saw that, um, and they basically uh, made them a second party, um, and they added those tools in their SDK, stuff like that. I, I think they were very impressed by the tools that they developed, that they really wanted them uh, with the original okay. PlayStation back in like right. 94, 95, something like that. Right. But yeah, yeah, they were they were huge. Yeah, in the 90s, Psychnosis was pretty well known. Um, this Andrew Spencer, not as much, because I think Ecstatica is the only game uh, they ever put out. Well, and they did do a sequel as well, Ecstatica 2, which they released in 1997. Uh, and that's the article I wrote, uh, I read in, in, genera- in Next Generation magazine, where they expanded the team to five people. And... They, they were basically in like an apartment or something, you know, or like a small office. And it was just, yeah, just five guys and a bunch of computers making a game all day. Um, but I, I think Ecstatica 1 and 2 are the only games that were ever released by the Andrew Spencer studio. They actually had another game in development before Ecstatica 2 called Urban Decay, which was supposed hmm. to be this um, very similar in that sense, uh, a third-person action shooter game. Um, okay. But that was not in any medieval setting. It was uh, more more uh, modern day, or at least 90s right. modern, modern day uh, thing with guns and all that. Um, very much uh, touting violence and just blood everywhere. <laughs> very nice. Yes, very edgy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the screenshots look like, um, to me, they look gorgeous. The, the, the screenshots oh. that have, uh, have appeared. Okay. Uh, but someone else might think, wow, that looks very weird because it's still they very were much. They still doing the, yeah. they were still doing the ellipsoid thing, right? Yeah. Apparently 
they they were initially they were doing it like this, uh, but at some point they switched to classic polygonal graphics mm. uh, because apparently um, they wanted it to look more realistic or something like that. I, I believe so. They switched to polygons, um, but then it just got canceled. Yeah. I think what also might have contributed to the whole ellipsoid thing not really working out is the fact that in the mid-90s, all these uh, 3D accelerators were coming out, like the 3DFX Voodoo card, but also other cards. And none of them could really accelerate this ellipsoid stuff. Uh, Or could they, Florian? Well, you could always draw a texture of an ellipsoid over a quarter or something. So it could work. Okay. But yeah, it's but, it's not really meant for that. So No, this I think the hardware was really focused on polygons. And I think if you went with the polygon way, it also was easier to port the games to the PlayStation and other consoles. So maybe that was a consideration, but um the thing is I don't think I think it's a little bit too early. In that in those years, I mean, 3D acceleration really started to kick in, like '97 or so. Um, yeah, pretty much. But the thing is, if you take a look at Ecstatica, um, it it doesn't have a whole lot of 3D. Basically, the characters are made up of sprites, I believe. At least that's how I see it. Those uh, ellipsoids are not actually 3D renders. Uh, they're they're sprites, maybe. Florian has. I a... think they are real time no. rendered spheroids. Really? Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's. Um, I'm not sure. It shouldn't be too hard to render them in real time, um, because it's essentially the same as rendering a sprite. Mm. So, especially, I think all the um, the highlights are always the light always seems to come from the same direction, if I'm not mistaken. So, mm. should should be relatively easy to write a very fast spheroid renderer. Yeah, I should look into it more. Yeah. Someone else uh, really insisted. I, ha- I have a good friend that really loves this game, and he really insisted that they are sprites. So maybe okay. I'm just spreading misinformation. I think... Yay! <laughs> 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 I, it would be huge if that was all sprites. Um, yeah, it would take up lots of space. Yeah, I think the whole idea was that it's all real time and and all like rendered. Uh, in a 3D scene because that's what also makes the game you know uh, small and and fast is is the fact but uh, to be honest um, this Andrew Spencer doesn't talk a whole lot about it so it's really we're really just guessing because yeah there's not a whole lot of information on it. He's even in that next generation magazine article. He's pretty vague about it. He's like, ah, this is our it's our special technology, and that's it. You know, <laughs> so looks like uh, okay, it's magic. Yeah, exactly. It's basically yeah, it's making any, everything look great. It's fine. It doesn't really talk about it. <laughs> so, so the, the way stuff scales when it's moving into the background, for example, that doesn't doesn't make me think sprite. So no, no. I think it's real time rendered spheres. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's pretty much everything that that I have on this. So that's yeah. I don't know if if someone knows more about Andrew Spencer, then please reach out and and then we'll I don't know we'll we'll update. He does kind of <laughs> look like the main character uh, of the game, or rather, the main character kind of does look like him in those uh, in that interview because there are a couple of photos. Yeah. Of him. 
he's a typical long-haired black shirt guy. Coder, programmer. Yeah. I bet he has his phone on his belt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah. It's that kind of guy. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the spheres are really the whole the whole thing of this game and all. Yeah. That's, and it's all in uh, in VGA graphics, right? At least the DOS version is. So that's like 320 by 200 or something. Yeah. Like that sort of. So it's quite chunky as well, it, which I think makes it sort of blend in with the background as well. Uh, because the, the backgrounds are, are just uh, bitmaps, right? Yeah, they're pre-rendered... Uh... Maps. Yeah, but because everything is so chunky, it sort of blends and it sort of works. I don't know. I think it's it's not the worst looking DOS game by mm. any means. So it's unique, not at all. Yeah, I'm with you. Like I, I think it works. Yeah, so I think it's cool. Um, I read that they made a, a Windows version later, which they doubled the resolution for. So it's SVGA. Although I'm not sure if it's if everything is is actually doubled or only the ellipsoid stuff and the bitmaps in the background. I'm not sure about those if they are double resolution well, as well. I guess since they are rendered, if they have the source files for those renders, they could just re-render them in a higher resolution. I don't know. No, me neither. We should check. I, I <laughs> yeah. did play the Windows version, and uh, okay. it does look massively better. Although, okay. as you said, the low resolution helped mask a lot of the detail or rather lack thereof yeah uh, because yeah. the backgrounds um they they probably had the original renders they they do get mm. um they are higher resolution than uh okay. the original dos version but right. if you look in the distance you start realizing and i can't put this into words exactly but you start realizing that they use some sort of um effect to get like um let's say a rocky sh- surface in the background. Um, mm-hmm. And in the original, uh, th- this looks very nice and very smooth. Uh, but in the Windows version, it looks, it has like pointy, sharp edges. Mm. It- it's a little bit weird. Um, yeah. I got to find a screenshot to show you guys, I guess, uh, for it to make any sense. But the Windows version has a big fix. And that is, you can actually run and turn at the same time. Yep. Yeah, that does make a dip, big difference, doesn't it? Yeah. They put, they put the training wheels on, did they? Oh, I, see, I see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel they, they're admitting defeat with this somewhat. They're like, yeah, okay, we got it wrong. You got us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll give you the proper controls now. Does anyone has anyone played the sequel Ecstatica 2? I have. Oh, I've just looked at a few screenshots. I wonder what they did with the controls in the sequel if they kept the the rotating movement thing or that they allow it to be both as okay, well as they did with the So Windows has version. anyone else played the the sequel? I've played I've it not, a little bit. Do you remember if the controls are the same as the original? I remember game? that they're pretty much the same, but basically, if you get different kinds of magic and whatever, holding down different key combinations with or without weapons, with or without magic, like kind of created this what it looked like from the manual, you know, <clears throat> a little bit convoluted, 
uh, control mm. scheme of yeah. different stuff, but I never played enough into the game to actually like experience using it. So if someone mm. has gotten you know farther than the first 20 minutes, then they can probably tell you better than I can. I have right. a very similar experience. Uh, thankfully, they moved away from the numpad, and instead hmm. uh, you can actually use, or rather you have to use, uh, the keypad and control button and alt, the alt key, I think. Um, okay. But basically, uh, the sequel is, um, yeah, it's kind of a mess. <laughs> it's kind of a mess. <laughs> okay. Like, it loses focus. Mm. Like, the original is very much, uh, Ecstatica is very much about this small town. Yeah, it kicks your ass, but you take it slowly, you start realizing things and, you know, uh, pieces fall in, in, the, in the puzzle and start to make sense. Uh, the sequel is very, very uh, fast-paced. Okay. Like, uh, the game speed is just way too fast, I think. Mm. Um, unless I, unless it was a timing issue with faster nah. computers, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, no, nah, by 97, I think they got that fixed for the most part. Yeah. Um, You'd think, anyway. Actually, I've, I have found games that had timing issues in 97, hmm. so... Okay. Uh, but basically, it has a huge area to explore right from the get-go. Yeah. And it's basically, uh, again, no hand-holding at all. But it has other things that can annoy you immensely, like respawning enemies. Uh, there's there's oh. a huge emphasis on combat, hmm. which is not very fun, unfortunately. No. Uh, what I read is that the game is is just absolutely massive in size um, i didn't get very far but it does come with a map um okay the map basically shows you areas you start within a castle and it shows you areas outside and i had trouble uh navigating through the castle so because mm. it was so huge so right. yeah it probably is massive yeah, this is what I read uh, in that little magazine interview where they were actually... Actually, the interview was about Ecstatica 2 and, and how it was different from 1. And one of the things that Andrew Spencer said himself is that if the original game had about 80 different rooms in total, like including every different angle and every little detail and, you know, mm -hmm. corridor, stuff like that... So if the original game has about 80 locations, the the sequel has a thousand. Wow. Which just seems like that's not a step up. That's like a, a huge leap. Yeah. That's too much. That's too much for five people. So I don't know. I don't I don't know how they were managing this, but yeah, it seems like they were really, really uh well, maybe a bit too optimistic about pulling this off but just the five of them i don't know very ambitious that's what it seems very like. ambitious and unfortunately yeah. i think it misses the mark like i I, mm. I really tried even now but also in the past i've tried to get into that game and just it, it never clicks with me um mm. and in fact i've never found anyone that, that it actually clicked <laughs> with everyone has uh, oh. bad things to say about this game oh I think. that's too bad 
Yeah, I think if you buy Ecstatica 2, like in, in a box, um, it comes with the first game a lot of the times. There seems to be a lot of bundles with Ecstatica 1 and 2. Mine didn't, uh, unfortunately. Ah, <laughs> that's, yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure, maybe, I think that's also when they actually released Ecstatica for Windows, is with that bundle. Because they're both from 97. Probably. Uh, in fact, the, the Windows version comes with a demo for Ecstatica 2. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, so there's, there's some tie-in there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. Uh, the first time I heard of the Windows version, though, was uh, because of uh, DOS Nostalgic on, DOS Nostalgia on uh, Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. He posted some screenshots, and I thought, oh, he's posting Ecstatica. And then I watched the, the screenshots, and they're like super high-res, or at least to, to the yeah. Ecstatica that I knew. And yeah, I was yeah. like, well, what is this? And uh, he did actually upload an image of the Windows version in the internet archive that you can mm. can just get. That's very cool of him. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's really nice. I've, I I think yeah, we'll we'll have to include a link to uh, to the archive. Yeah, so I, I think most people didn't know. Like, it's already a somewhat obscure game. Um. Mm. If you see the the Twitter post that he had, most people are like, "Whoa, does this exist? Whoa, this? Yeah, what is yeah. this? Had no clue. Yeah, weird. Exactly, very weird. Let's see what what uh, do we know? What people said of this game, like at the time. Um, I have one review here from Computer Gaming World, which was really quite positive about the game. To be honest. Uh, they gave it four out of five explosions. <laughs> because that's that's what they seem to give out. Uh, they're saying uh, it's a seductive story with bright graphics and expressive characters. And the game is a bit brief, but what length it does have is often the result of excessive combat rather than more puzzles and exploration. Uh, but yeah, they say for hardcore adventure games, maybe less than ecstatic or with the program, but less serious players will probably have a good time with this one. So, uh, 90s reviewing in a nutshell, like, yeah, that made (laughs) (laughs) who did this win over, like, this article, this review, yeah. Um, for winning over it's a review right? yeah, yeah so exactly you wanted to be honest they were basically they were still honest back yeah, then. well a little bit yeah um, and also Computer Gaming World the same magazine they nominated this game for their 1994 Adventure Game of the Year award although it didn't win in the end because the game that did win was Little Big Adventure uh, also known as Relentless Twinsons Adventure which, which is, is quite a bit more playable <laughs> Yes. I, I quit even that one. <laughs> well, that's, that says a lot because actually that game is also really difficult yep. to control, but uh, in a different way. Yeah. When you check the reviews on Moby Games, for example, you see that they're all quite, quite positive. Hmm. The worst one is actually 69% from a German magazine, PC player. Um, one of their lines is that if I translate, stuff is uh, basically, they, they say every 10 minutes you get an unnerving um, experience and yeah. you can try it if you like this kind of stuff. But yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So same same effect that I had. You can play for 10 minutes, then you have to rage quit. <laughs> yeah. And they still gave it 69%. So Yeah, well, I, I think this game is sort of impressive for 1994 standards, really. I mean, it looks pretty good and it's, I don't know. I think it's interesting. So I can see some good scores. Sure. Those skeletons uh, are crazy, man. Like, <laughs> little... Spherical, you know, oval skeleton ribcage guys that are coming at you. <laughs> There's multiple ones, right? When you turn into the squirrel. Yeah. And you got to run yeah. across the map feeling all helpless and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I, I, I can see this game getting, well, some fans at least. There's definitely fans of these horror, horror survival games. So, And this is not a bad one, I think. Compared to the Alone in the Dark series and other stuff. I don't know. Um, is it actually still available nowadays? Because I was just looking on, on, on GOG and I, I don't think it's on there, is it? Is it? So that's kind of a pain to get it nowadays. Maybe that archive link is really the way to go. If you don't mind having big boxes, it's quite quite easily available on eBay. Oh. Most regions that I checked. Okay, well that's something. For for I mean it's not super cheap. It's like like thirty euros or so for a big box, but it's, that's doable. Yeah, that's yeah. reasonable. So okay, well that seems fair. But it's a shame. I mean, this is the sort of game you would expect on GOG. Uh, and yeah, since it runs in DOS, they can just bundle it with DOS box, and it would run in Windows and on Mac and everything. So. Yeah, it's a shame. I I wonder maybe if it has to do with the fact that none of the people involved are still active. Uh, Like Psychnosis has closed down and Andrew Spencer Studios is is dissolved. I guess someone owns the rights. Yeah, probably. Probably. It could be bad. You know, the the rights could be uh, bound to some, uh, I don't know, rough situation there. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe someone ha- has tried to to get it published, but it's a bit hard. Or maybe it just they they uh, they judged how much interest uh, would be in Ecstatica and just said, hmm. Unfortunately. Well, they're leaving money on the table, man. There's dozens of us out here that would like to be buying this game. Yeah, there's dozens of people who would easily pay two dollars for this. So. <laughs> yeah, three dollars. Mm, think I'm gonna wait on the sale. Uh. Actually, this this uh, computer gaming world review. They say the game sold for seventy dollars in the U.S. Uh, when it was released, which seems like a lot. That's like more expensive than games are now. So, yeah, that's kind of crazy. You got a good deal, Tyler, from that bargain bin. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, capitalism and the market spoke on that one, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, did we forget anything? Did we not mention anything? Is there something we should say on this game? Just like anything about the game that we haven't mentioned? I think I think we mentioned a lot, didn't we? Well, we haven't mentioned the the broomstick, man. Okay. You find a magic broomstick, and you've got to use, <laughs> got to use it like it has this really janky flying animation, 
And then, like, you hit forward and, like, I don't know, like, does this jerky thrust forward. It's really uncomfortable. <laughs> and you have to use it to, like, fly over these spikes that come up out of the floor and, like, impale you through your crotch. Like, the viewers really need to have this this imagery. Like, when you think of Ecstasia, think of men flying on broomsticks getting impaled by the crotch, like, through <laughs> floor traps. Like. That that's what this game is. Yeah. When I found the broomstick for the first time, I thought it was just a red herring or something silly that the developers had put in. Uh because the game does have quite a few of these, right? Um Yeah. I think at the beginning there's like a little patch of flowers that basically once you go over it, uh the character uh just lies on it and mm. just chills there. And I thought there was something to do there in the game. So and then I realized, nah. It's not getting any use. It's just a silly thing that they put in there. So I thought the broomstick was... Uh, the magic broomstick, I should say, was uh, similar. But it's not. It's actually useful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, actually, it's essential. Was Otherwise, it left there by the witch? Like one of her props? It seems like a witch's tool. Uh, well, I mean, it was found in her house. Yeah. So there you go. Clearly hers. Yeah. It's It's... Yeah, the game is like that, isn't it? It's it playing off the stereotypes of these sort of characters a bit. It's like, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, silly, exactly, exactly, <laughs> and also brutal. That's 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 this game. <laughs> that juxtaposition, man, it's just weird. So, did it hold up? What do you think? What do you think, Tyler? I'm gonna say yes, uh, despite the bull charge for the movement. Uh, and having to use, you know, a few internet sleuthings around, you know, some guides to find out, like, look, before I had the golden sword, I had gone up to the pond, right? And, you know, whatever had happened, and I didn't have the magic sword. But I never, I wasn't thinking to now carry the golden sword up there to get knighted to be allowed entrance into the the keep, right? The castle keep mm-hmm. by the wizard. I mean, there's some yeah. stuff that's pretty... <clears throat> pretty amb- uh, ambiguous. Yeah. You just have to kind of... Eh. There's no way any player would figure that out just mm. on their own. Maybe maybe if you just kept trying things, but... yeah. Who who killed the, the, the terrified night guy when he throws you the golden sword and he's like on his table horrified, horrified at you, you know? I killed him. <laughs> and like I was, I was mad that he was so horrified <laughs> looking at me. I'm like, look, dude, I'm just a guy like you. And he's like, oh, Jesus Christ! And I'm like, I'm just a dude, man. And, oh, get out of here! And I'm like, it, it enraged me. <laughs> and then what? I had to kill him with his own sword, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. man, the game's cruel like that. Yeah. There's there's this reference in one of the books where they talk about the Lady of the Lake, and I guess with a sword. Um, and all the the um, it's a King Arthur thing, right? The, the, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, it's, I mean, it's it's not, not a direct reference, but I guess you could put yeah. two and two together. Yeah, strange women lying in ponds, distributing you know knighthoods, is not the way Ecstasia no. should be. No, but it's what they do, man. You know. Yeah, I'm not here to fight the system. Exactly. <laughs> so, so what do you think, Nick? I I want to reframe the question a little bit. Does it hold up or would I recommend it? I don't know. The question yeah. is, is it interesting? And I think it is. 
um, the in, in the sense that this game was definitely inspired by Alone in the Dark, and um, it it does play a lot like Alone in the Dark with some variations. Um, I think Alone in the Dark is the classic. Like it is a game that's uh, that you can look up to and just see. Wow, okay, this game inspired Resident Evil, um, and it created mm-hmm. a whole genre out of it, right? Whereas um, with Ecstatica, you can't say that it re- that it inspired anything directly, um, but it's an interesting what if scenario. Like, hey, this game took Alone in the Dark and it made its own little variation. Um, same with Bioforge from Origin. And can you think of any other game from that era that has this like pre-rendered uh, backgrounds and uh, 3D uh, characters and this whole of survival horror kind of uh, control scheme and stuff like that? Because I can't think of anything else other than Alone in the Dark, Ecstatica, Bioforge, and then Resident Evil. And then, mm. of course, uh, everyone Yeah, it was pretty it. early for this sort of thing. It's very early. That's what I'm saying. So it's interesting in that sense. And it's interesting um, how they're trying the ellipsoid thing as well. And, um, so, yeah. 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 I think this is really a game for, you know, fans of the, like, if you've played all of the Alone in the Dark games and you're looking for more, then this is a supernatural next pick to, to check out. But yeah, you, you also brought something interesting uh, early on about if anyone in like if it inspired Resident Evil in any way mm. and I don't think so <laughs> I don't think anyone in Japan played this sort of t- to the point no. where you know it would make any sort of uh, influence um, no maybe not no well, well though I guess game designers look a bit broader maybe 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 yeah I don't know um, yeah it's weird <laughs> it's weird because like Alone in the Dark when that, when that game uh, got made I think uh, the main programmer behind it is called uh, Frederick Reynal something like mm-hmm. that yeah. he went on and made um, a little big adventure yeah so he took a different path or rather it, it is kind of similar in some sense if you think about it like the camera is moved down in a different spot but you could you could make the argument that uh, it takes concepts from Alone in the Dark and just does something different with it. But I, I, I just, okay, I'm just ram- uh, rambling on right now. <laughs> but basically what I'm trying to say is that I find it very interesting that this game came out before Resident Evil. Yeah. And Resident Evil just basically made an entire formula out of uh, Alone in the Dark. And here you can see how this thing can be mm-hmm. shaped in different ways. Right. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. It's maybe a shame that not more people uh, took it on and, and made their own mm-hmm. versions of, of these formulas. But I mean, if, if we need the, the rage outtake, you know, hot take, man, I'll come and I'll say it. And I'll, be, I'll be like, Resident Evil wouldn't exist without Ecstatica <laughs> right now. All right. <laughs> Get at me on social Boom. media if you don't Hyper believe this. Bowl, man. You know, <laughs> this is the game started it all. Come fight me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. 
Yeah. I don't, I think it's kind of hard to really recommend this game, but I don't really hate it either. I mean, it's kind of cool. It's got a cool vibe to it. Yeah, like I, I wouldn't recommend it as a game on like, you have to play this game because the game is so good. It would be more of like, you have to play this game because it's such a unique piece of, you know, the bizarre gaming history and the growing pains of the genre. Like, you just got to see it. So I guess that'd be my take on it. And it's all very much a bedroom coder sort of uh, project here. Yeah, and I always love those sorts of things, though. You know, the sorts of experiments and and mm-hmm. yeah, I, it definitely has a lot of character. So yeah. it, I totally appreciate that. And I think a lot of DOS gaming is really about this sort of stuff. So yeah, I think it's cool. Do you have any closing arguments, uh, Florian? Well, uh, just like Nick said, I think it's an interesting game in in many ways. Um, I really can't recommend it if you like fun, for example. (laughs) But it's it's certainly uh, interesting in in many, many ways. Um, It's unique. It has a unique graphic style. I think the story isn't too bad. The atmosphere is great. I just found Mm. it unplayable, to be honest. Mm. So it it wasn't a game for me. And I think... Not for anyone who has a frustration uh, threshold similar to mine. Mm. I think mine is quite high, but uh, not, well, not in this game. No. No, it, maybe the Windows version would be the, the, the one yeah, to that, play. Yeah, that might help a bit, yeah. Yeah. With the better controls. I can tell you for certain that uh, I use that running and turning uh, all the time. Running and turning simultaneously, that is. Yeah, um, I imagine. But I do think yeah. it's... Um, like with Resident Evil and Alone in the Dark, you get a lot of pleasure out of those games because you're dropped in like a mansion, right? Or a small area. And you start figuring out things and you go, aha. Mm-hmm. And that also happens in Ecstatic. Yeah. It, it, still, yeah. it still itches that same, like it still satisfies that same itch. Yeah, that sense of mastery is there. To definitely. me at least. Yeah, it's cool once you know all the locations and you know how to beat. Yeah, you start mop- mapping exactly. out in your head the whole area. Yeah. So I think it does work on that level. <laughs> it's just not as polished, like, mm. at all. No, no, exactly. It's not polished. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's still interesting. So, yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess that's Ecstatica, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the game. What else is going on, Florian? Well, um, at the moment, and the next episode we'll record in a couple of weeks, is someone's favorite game, isn't it? It's mine. Wow. What is it? Yay. It's Street Rod. Well, I, I, I don't want to say this is like my favorite game, but it's it's one of the games that I really, really like. Uh, because I like racing games, and I also like more, you know, business simulator, strategy building sort of games. And... This game sort of combines those two things in an interesting way, which doesn't happen a whole lot. So, yeah, uh, you get to you get to build your car and then race it. That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, certainly interesting true. game. Definitely, uh, and a lot more playable, I think. Uh, than than Ecstatica. Well, it's very yes. different. Yes. Uh, it's, yeah. It's hard. Anyway, by the time this episode comes out, we will be done with that. But if you hurry, you might still get a voice message to hmm. us in time. Yeah, totally. And do, do, do send do, us Yes, a yes, voice. of course, please. Um, last time we had a couple. This time there's none, which is very uh, sad. We like voice messages, so yeah, send, send, them. send more. 
club at dosgameclub.com. Thanks. <laughs> so, um, by the time this episode comes out, um, it will be December. We will be done with Street Rod and we'll be playing a couple of skiing games. Woo. So, as long as it's a DOS game and it has the word ski in it, <laughs> we can play it. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, it's that, like a winter theme, you yeah. know? It's... Uh, it's 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 December. It's winter time. So let's go skiing. Yes. Nobody can actually go skiing right now, but well, you can go skiing in your mind or in your DOS computer. <laughs> wow! In in glorious eight bit. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's loads of these small games that are about skiing. Uh, you know, there's ski or die. There's winter games. There's Winter Challenge, I don't know. There's all sorts of... There's, there's Ski Free, which is has a DOS release, actually. So, yeah. There's there's loads of these small skiing games. We'll try to cover as many uh, of them as we can. Find as many as we can. Uh, discuss them on the yes, forums. It's basically our trick to tick off lots and lots of games in a short amount of time. Because uh, <laughs> we just had one of those uh, multi-game episodes, like five episodes ago, where we played yeah, pinball, several I pinball think games. Yeah, we played it yeah. in, in May, I think, right? And yeah, yeah um, it's just for, well, for those games that that don't really that aren't really big enough for getting yeah. their own episode, but we still want to play them. So, and there are so exactly. many ski ga- exactly. skiing games or, or winter sports games. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and they're fun to dive into and play for like ten minutes. So yeah, that's right. perfect. All right, and then in January, and now I realize why you said uh, Street Rock wasn't your absolute favorite game, because there's another one of your favorite games coming up in January, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if this... Yeah, it, It's a game I've played. It's a game I enjoy. Uh, Master of Magic is uh, our January pick. It's, uh, it's, it's a solid game. It's uh, by Microbros, and it combines... It's like a 4X game, you know, like, uh, building cities on a map and, and then building units out of those cities and, and taking over the whole world. Uh, but it, 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 it it's basically civilization with oh, oh, magic. Oh, can, you, really you can't really say civilization because the guy who made it, Steve Barcia, is actually uh, the guy who also made Master of Orion. It's Master of Orion. Thank you. With that magic. makes more sense, that's and that the, makes me really yeah. look forward to this game because <laughs> I haven't yet played a game, a Steve Barcia game that I didn't like. So exactly, well, I, I think it's cool. Uh, so yeah, we'll 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 enjoy that one, and I guess we'll have to think about what to do for February. Yep. So uh, suggestions are open. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You can suggest them over on our website dosgameclub.com, where we have a forum where people can suggest games and discuss the games so it's not like we have like 100 open suggestions but more suggestions we, means we we you know whenever i suggest a game you say ah shouldn't we look at the at the forum what other people have suggested and if every game is in the forum you know, <laughs> <laughs> i can just say let's play this one exactly pull exactly. this trick on me anymore exactly yeah that's the trick that's the trick okay so yeah, go go uh, over to our website, suggest the game, and then we'll pick one for for February from there. Um, you can also chat with us. We have a chat room on Afternet called Dos Game Club, and if you are not an IRC person, we've got a, a web chat thingy set up on the website, so you can enter from there really easy. So uh, that's cool. You can also follow us on Twitter, where we're called Dos Game Club, and we you know, post episodes and other updates and stuff and sometimes do polls and other things. So that's fun. 
Uh, and last but not least, please uh, rate us in your podcasting yeah. app. Reviews. Or yes. leave a those review. Are the best. Because those are really nice. Yeah. Especially now that you've written this script that aggregates comments from all mm. podcasting yeah. sites. So. Exactly. So, so please leave a review and then we'll be very happy to read your thoughts and, and well, get to share. Well, you can also send the voice message that, that isn't tied to game, I guess. So just tell us that you oh, love yeah, our podcast sure. and you, you can play, just... tell us that you hate us and we'll probably still play it. But <laughs> mm, Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's it for now. Uh, thanks a lot for 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 joining again, guys. Yeah, thanks. thanks for having me. It was fun as always. Thanks for having me. It was great talking about Ecstatica. Always, always a pleasure. Thank you. And well, looking forward to the to the next one, right? So uh, we'll see you all later. Sure. Okay. Bye. Adios. See you. Adios. Bye. Just, just, just.